Hello and welcome to the Pressing Matters podcast. It's Pressing Matters podcast time again. I'm Sam Hyde. I'm joined as always by Toby Puisevere. We're going to talk as always about football. We're going to cover our predictions a little bit. But even more important than that, I have some breaking news. Toby, are you ready for this? I knew it would be this breaking news actually. Is I thought about declaring it as breaking news myself. Get excited, Sam. Keep the keep keep the breaking news. Maybe we have an alert in here. Breaking news. Da dun da dun. Hit me. We're talking about different things. No, I think, no, I know I what your breaking news is going to be. Okay, what is it? You don't. Go Declan on. Rice. No, no, this is a pressing matters podcast exclusive. What? Not reported anywhere else. Okay, I don't know then. I really don't know then. Let me tell you the news. Uh, I have had a Champions League winner in my house this week. What? <laughs> Any guesses? Any guesses who? Oh my god. Um uh could you tell me could you could you divide it into not not year but could you say it's beyond a certain year between 2000 and 2010 winner. Okay, was it Wesley Schneider? Uh no, it wasn't. Is it from his team? It wasn't a lot of people actually. It wasn't Messi, it wasn't Ronaldo. It wasn't it, it was a lot of people. Definitely, it wasn't um, Harry Kane, but that's for a different matter. Uh, yeah, so I had a Champions League winner in my house because uh, they're a plumber now. What? Okay, okay, I've got it. I think I've got it. Yeah. Was it Steve Finnan? Steve Finnan. Uh, no. Oh, I thought that was a great guess. Okay, but it's got to be somebody. Well, are they English? I'd never heard of them, basically. And also, I don't know if I should actually say their name on the podcast, because the thing about plumbers is that you can, like, order them to your house, and I'm worried that someone is going to be, like, having a big a big grudge against this player, and then they're like, ah, come over to my house. I've clogged the toilet really bad, and I need you to fix it. Somebody's... Uh, it's going to be a dirty protest. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. They just really hate this guy. No, but he could be good for his business. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to say. You have to tell me. You have to tell me his name, and then you can decide what you want to do with it. Can I? Can I send you a, a link to his Wikipedia? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just because you can't be bothered to do the editing, is that it? Um. Yes. Oh, you can say yeah. That's and fine. And also because. And it is. <laughs> also because we've probably not heard of him. I've not heard of him. But he's he's okay. So I, I'll I'll tell a bit about him. Is that he played in the Jose Mourinho uh, team that won the Champions League? Oh my which is God, Porto! Isn't that amazing? This is this is incredible. Was he a good plumber? Um, yes, I think he was. He didn't do my bathroom though. So what was the conversation about? Oh, uh, with me and him, it was about uh, where the bathroom is to do the plumbing. You didn't ask him so anything about know... Jose Mourinho. I didn't know until he had gone. I only saw him when he came in. How do you know it's him then? Well, I I don't. Someone told me it was him. I don't. And I they don't, don't like. I football. don't know about this, Sam. They googled him based on uh, the information that they told them. They knew their first name. They knew the languages he speaks and like where he's he's lived and when he retired. Okay, so we think it's we think it's pretty concrete, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, w- sure. I'll be sad if it isn't, but we'll never know, will we? We'll never so know. I, I, th- I, I go. I'll go with it. I'll happily go with it. It must be true, right? I thought you might have been able to speak to him about. Um, I can say it's manager. We already said Jose Mourinho, right? Yeah, I mean that'd be great. A, a great podcast guest. <laughs> but I, I think you should block the toilet and get him back in, honestly. Yeah, well, they have to come back to do some, uh, like, silicon sealing. Oh. Sealant. You have to, Sam, you have to make sure you're there. He didn't seem that um, enthusiastic to talk about football, is is what I've heard. So we'll see how that goes. Well, we'll force it down his throat. Um, Okay. I thought that was really exciting. That's not what we're here to talk about this week. Uh, (laughs) Unless unless you want to talk about a player that we're not going to name. I mean, it would be tough, Uh, we're in that between season period. Um, we spoke a little bit about season review last time. It's a little bit early to talk about previewing next season, 
a lot going on with different squads uh, and what they'll be like. Uh, but what we did do is we, uh, at the start of last season, before any of the matches, we did our predictions of what we think the table will look like. We had a friendly wager, Sam, is what I would describe oh, it we as. Did. We had a friendly wager. Dinner was on the line. Yeah, well, it was, well simply it was like the further away you are, it, it was whoever gets to the table the most accurate at the end of the season. Yes. Uh, wins. But the person that gets it the least accurate has to buy dinner. Yes. And there was there was me, you, and your uh, your Becky. Uh, <laughs> My partner. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know what word to use. Everyone uses a different term. Yeah. It could be your soulmate, your... Uh, Ball and chain. Good. It could be anything. Ah, yes. Uh, My partner. better half. Yes, That's good. what uh, this old man who watches all of our football games... Always so, says yeah. to me, he always goes, well, you're a better half. She's great when she's in the middle, but when she gets put out on the right, you know, that's how that's how he talks. And that's how he he always makes a point to call her my better half. You know, it's like a, but I like it. I like it. I think I might start calling her my better half myself. I might start pulling that. Anyway, we're off topic. The point of the predictions, the further away, let's say Villa, I mean, where did they finish in the end? Seventh. Oh, I see. You've got it on the table to the left. Okay, I've only just... Oh, you've got it all in order. Yeah. Oh, you're an organised boy. Okay, so for example, Villa finished 7th. I had them down as 13th. That means I get 6 points because of the difference. And lowest points wins. <laughs> Am I allowed to do no, that? No, it's no, a no. nod. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's getting Okay, okay. Okay, but can you can you, you can you beep it all and then leave you in there saying that's getting cut because I'd rather that. Okay, I don't I don't I'll look for a beep effect. I guess. Okay. Um. Okay. Thank you for a very boring explanation <laughs> of uh, how this works. Something that's very straightforward. It, it's incredibly uh, logical, and what you imagine it to be like is how it is. <laughs> so we're just going to go through the table because it's interesting because uh, it's like a way to compare. Uh, how we how teams have overperformed or underperformed based on our expectations, or just how like terrible we were at uh, football knowledge. Yes, expected finish. And Toby, where were you when you uh, made these predictions? I was in a bar in Greece, uh, where a random another old man. <laughs> where, yes, where a random old man. Well couple he wasn't just sort of loitering in the corner of the bar but i was in i was in the i was in a greek bar with my uh better half and we'd had we'd consumed a fair amount of cocktails and then the this man offered to pay for all of our drinks because i looked like his nephew which i don't know what his nephew looked like obviously but i reckon he was just smashed um and we decided that that was great so let's consume the same amount of drinks and just do it as a two for one right um so we basically just doubled up but we were already a fair few rounds in when he decided that the barman was nuts and we thought he was joking and he kept doing shots of us and uh yeah it was quite it was quite a night and that's when i decided it would be a good time to do my prediction so obviously first place i had liverpool so that cost me an early an early four uh right off the bat but that was that yes. was my that was that was where I did them. So I'm hoping this year this year round, maybe we do it on the podcast. I don't know, um, but probably I won't be uh, I won't be getting I won't be getting drunk before. I'm taking it seriously this year, Sam. I'm taking it very seriously. Okay, well you did these before your podcasting commitments had started. So uh, yes. exactly, I'm a ch- I'm a changed man now. And, you know, this is some gold that we, we missed out on. Gold quality content. So uh, let's just get into it. Because Man City won the league. Uh, and as as you said, you put Liverpool top. You put Man City in second. Uh, I put Man City in first. This is quite a straightforward one to predict. Like, I don't think anyone is predicting City to be outside of the top two in like any season, any Pep season. No, but I might go for it next year, you know. I might go rogue. I was thinking about this. I I was thinking about talking about it, but uh, yeah. So we there's not a lot to say about the Man City one. 
I think your your Liverpool bias uh, it was hard to shake. Yeah. So Arsenal obviously came second. Uh, we both predicted them to come in third, uh, which was a lot higher than a lot of people were predicting actually at the time. Like uh, pundits in the BBC and the Athletic, uh, most of them had them fifth or sixth or maybe even lower. Um, I think in the BBC aggregate of all the all the all the pundits predictions i think arsenal were fifth so i mean obviously we've spoken about arsenal so much but but we we were on it with them we were on it we were aware you know lots of people like you said lots of people weren't putting them high we didn't we we didn't break up the liverpool city top two basically but we had them as the next best team so pretty good pretty good pretty good pretty good uh okay so in in third uh man united ended up coming third and so arsenal and city were obviously there was there was a gulf wasn't there so this is where it starts getting like kind of interesting uh because you put united in sixth i put united in seventh uh very very negative on united at the start of the season do you think we were too harsh um uh, no, to be honest, because I don't think they played that well, and I think, mm, and I think, really didn't. I, I would have expected Liverpool to have finished higher than them, and I think there's other teams that could have, that, that, well, the way that Spurs were spoken about, you probably would have expected them to finish higher than them, and uh, yeah, I mean, Chelsea, we didn't know they were going to totally capitulate, uh, and also. I mean, even Newcastle, we had them further down, but, you know, they're, they're all teams that, looking back, could or should have had better seasons than United, I would say. Looking at this with a bit of time passed, uh, it is easy, it's easy to forget that United did come third with kind of the general atmosphere around United. Like, even in the summer, it's been... Well, even, I think today they've had a whole Glazers Out thing going on outside the club shop. Uh, you know, which yes. just seems ludicrous. So uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I guess like third is about as as high as high as you could even expected for United. It's probably higher than they they would have thought top four, wouldn't they? Um, but yeah, it, that would be like a really interesting one next season to see. Uh, another really interesting one next season is going to be Newcastle, who came fourth. It was the, it was. The reverse of the Man United prediction. I I put them in sixth. You put them in seventh. So they were both like the United and Newcastle. We were predicting to be the the sort of two Europa League teams. Uh, I said Newcastle would come above United uh, as my like kind of edgy pick, which nearly nearly paid nearly off. Nearly came off. Nearly paid off. I mean, it's going to be interesting. That sort of top, the top eight going into top four, like how you make. A top four out of like the eight top, the seven or eight top teams is going to be fascinating next year, and it's going to be very hard to predict. But it'll be, uh, it'll be good fun. Like the reason I predicted Newcastle to come above United was because their second half of the season was really good. I think they were actually like third or fourth best team from like, I think from like Eddie Howe coming in or something like that, or after he'd been there for a little while, maybe. Yeah, from like the season before though. You mean the season he came in? Yes, I know, but just because it's so long ago now, you know. Yes, true. Uh, yeah, so when Eddie Howe came in, they were a lot better. So it's like when Arsenal lost to Newcastle on the last day of the season when Arsenal finished fifth. Um, it was obviously really terrible, but it wasn't like an embarrassing result like uh, some people thought it was. Uh, so yeah, obviously Newcastle have had this great investment. Uh, let's let's see what they do next year. Will they be top four again? I think a lot of people will not be predicting that. Yeah, well, it looks like they're in for Tonali. That's like all but done uh, from AC Milan, young young central midfielder. Um, yeah, great signing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. You know, he was like the best player in the world on like FM twenty. Um, yeah, so... I'm, I'm. I'm not sure he can run. Is my theory. Ah, he's another Jorginho. Yeah, I'm not sure he can uh, run, okay. and it might be fine, but I'm not sure he can run. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, sure. I'm just I'm sowing sure that seed fine. of doubt, Sam. Okay, just for when when that comes true next year, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hang my hat on it. I'm not gonna completely go off the rails and say, but just quietly, 
I'm just going to start a bit of murmuring that Luca Tonali can't run. And uh, you just watch that come true, mate. Anyway, on with the predictions. Okay, so now we come to Liverpool, who came fifth, which uh, they turned it around a bit, didn't they? You predicted them to come first. <laughs> yes. I said second. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they got us. They got us both. They got us both. They got us both. But I'm, you know what? And we're not even making too many big moves. But I'm excited for next year. Um, I'm. They've got me back in. Klopp's got me back in. I'm excited. I think. Uh, well, I think we're going to win the league, Sam. I, th- I think you genuinely believe that, though. <laughs> what? I think you genuinely believe that. I think you're going to put them as number one this year. Sorry, you think you are going to have them as number one again? Yeah. I think you're going to have them as number one next <laughs> next season. Okay. Yeah. Hey. We'll just have to wait and see. We'll just have to wait and see. You gotta gotta believe in your own team. Oh, okay. I we're winning the league. Um, <laughs> okay, Brighton. This is where I I start to slip. The top five were kind of like the boring ones. Like we both predicted quite similarly, and it wasn't. It's easier to predict the teams at the top. Predicting the teams as it comes down, especially at the start of the season, it's easy to pick that group. Yeah. So Brighton did really well. Finished sixth. Europa League. I predicted Brighton to come in 10th, which is where they came last season. I thought they would do the same. Obviously, Graham Potter got snapped up by Chelsea uh, quite early in the season. Uh, so I put them in 10th. You put them in 14th. Oof. Do you want to explain Explain that? Uh, I'd like to blame on the cocktails. I mean, look, they, they could have easily... They were doing well at the start under Potter, but I don't think... I'm going to say, this is, what, this is how I'm going to spin it. I was being clever, knowing that Potter would get snapped up by a bigger club and thinking that even if they recruited well, there would be a drop-off rather than an actual step-up. There you go. That's how I'm sparing my blushes. Yeah, I, I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you were thinking about that. And the, they were in fourth when uh, Potter left. Pretty, pretty high up. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, then they could they could have brought in a manager who could have been good, but not uh, yes. not you know taken them even further. Stephen Gerrard, exactly. Frank Lampard. Because yeah. what you got to remember for next season's predictions, you've got to think about who's stupid enough to hire Frank Lampard and put them down <laughs> yeah. right down the table. I mean, Big Sam is back on the cards <laughs> now after joining Leeds, so. Uh... You know, anything could, happen. anything could happen. I mean, the panic gets worse every year. So, uh, are we, Gary O'Neill's got already. Actually, we'll we'll come to this. So, there's there's already there's already chaos. Well, an- annoyingly, that's good business. But we'll get onto that. Okay, so in seventh was Villa uh, in the last European spot. Toby, you predicted them as thirteenth, so a place above your Brighton prediction, uh, and I put them in ninth. I put them in ninth. Okay, before you get too smug yet, I'd like some explanation from you because you were slating Gerard, saying he was worse than Lampard. So what made you think that they would come ninth? Because they got a great squad, man. <laughs> Have you seen how much they spend on players? They're like one of the top spenders over the last like 10 years. Yeah. And that's how, uh, like, I don't know why I'm excited about this, but, uh, you know, like the wage budget is quite linked to uh, where you finish. Yeah. Not in Brighton's case, though. Brighton have like hardly any wage. Um, but like Villa have a great squad. They did lose uh, that guy that got injured for the whole season, Diego Carlos. Or something. Yeah, is that his yeah. name? That's the one who came from Sevilla. You know, on the just quickly on the wage budgets. This is completely off topic and might get cut out. I don't know. But there's a good book called Soconomics, right? And oh uh, yes, um, it it breaks down how you can sort of try and measure racism in the sport. Um, because it was basically saying that black players would often be underpaid, or basically because you could you could basically plot pretty smoothly, and there's a strong correlation between like wage budgets and the way you're finishing in the league. Teams with more black players, where they were underpaid, uh, would be overperforming, you know. But then I suppose Brighton kind of come in and change that slightly. But but also that that depends on a lot of factors because also it's where they're being picked up from and you know when the wages that they're already on and things like that right like Caicedo was on nothing it's quite interesting yeah exactly Caicedo was on like nothing but he's but that doesn't mean that Brighton are being racist 
you know that could just mean that <laughs> yeah. he's 18 yeah, yeah, yeah. and came from wherever he came from but um yeah interesting point anyway sorry onwards i'm i'm a i'm a bit of a ollie watkins head as well because uh i remember him knocking carlisle out of the league two playoffs which has only only recently been uh revenged i guess because carlisle won the playoffs uh but yeah ollie watkins like tore up league two and so i'm like man he's great isn't he and and he is he he scored like a lot in a row i mean i've done this a lot with like danny graham and that where they're like really good for carlisle and like they come to the prem they're gonna be good uh so maybe i got lucky with ollie watkins but well i got lucky with him in the fpl too because i had him from the start of that hot streak um and i kind of sold him off pretty much at the end of the hot streak i did it quite nicely I um, caught him as he as he caught fire and kind of got rid of the right time. So I'm all aboard the Watkins Express as well, mate. I've got no issues with him. Uh, okay. So and, and and I was having such stinkers. I didn't have Rashford once or have Kane. So you know, it still wasn't good, right? But he saved me a bit. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it's on to the the Harry Kane team next because uh, in eighth it's Tottenham. Uh, you put them to come fourth. I put them to come fifth. They could have dropped lower as well. They could have dropped lower than eighth. Like Brentford, really close to them. I think you know everyone knows it's a bad season for Tottenham. Uh, but if you remember, like at the time of the predictions, people were saying they were like the the kind of dark horse for the title, like the third the third team outside of Man City and Liverpool was like the pub uh, the common opinion of pundits. Uh, and yeah, I was a bit annoyed actually like halfway through the season I put them in fifth because I was like oh I should have put them should have put them below someone else but also they had three managers they had a whole they they were fourth for a long time it felt like anyway I don't know if they they were just fourth over the world cup or something like that and it just felt like ages but they were still they were well placed for a while I don't know why kind of well there's a whole kettle of fish to get into there with Conte and stuff and and three managers and I mean they were just shipping goals under Ryan Mason as well but but yeah anyway they 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 capitulated massively but they they weren't having a bad season for quite a long time they were playing boring football for a long time but they weren't having a bad season for quite a long time really they they started it well actually as well do you remember they uh they were kind of up there with Arsenal and, and City for the first few weeks uh, and then the Conte stuff happened, I guess. Did we buy into the Conte hype? Yeah, I think we, we probably definitely did, but Conte gonna Conte, and that means you either win the league or it all falls out of bed. And we knew we knew that would be the case. And now they're in the right pickle with, with sort of the way the structure of the squad is and wing-backs and you know, how you then transition away from a Conte system in one window. How many windows does it take to to change things up but anyway next is Brentford in ninth. Yeah. Uh I put Brentford as 14th is this my biggest swing you put Brentford as 18th my joint biggest swing Brentford to go down okay let's talk about this Toby I had Brentford to go down I'll do it again next year Sam really uh, no Tony I guess <laughs> no I probably won't but actually it's more, it's, yeah, it's more likely than <laughs> than last season if I said it last season why wouldn't I say yeah. it this season actually yeah exactly well because I was wrong I suppose but <laughs> you, were, you were very wrong I was I was very wrong as well but you were like extra very wrong sorry where did you how did we get oh, 14th yeah okay so you weren't exactly 14th singing their praises but yeah I, th- I think did they come 14th last year I think some teams always just like well they'll do the same thing the same aren't they yeah uh, but they they didn't. They did better, and I, they've gone like really under the radar as well. And like how well they've done, I've, I felt. Yeah, it feels like they, they've everybody appreciates that. Oh yeah, you don't want to play Brentford away, or oh, yeah, it's not an easy game against Brentford. But nobody really appreciates the how quickly they've become a. You don't want to play Brentford, right? How how sort of new they are to the Premier League, and yet they're all they they've so quickly become a fixture that you look at it and you think, uh, that's not going to be. You know, you don't look at it and go three points, three points here. Where and and I think it's kind of been normalised how Brentford are just a good Premier League side without actually taking a step back and thinking, 
how did they do that and how did they do that sort of so quickly for the amount of time they've been in the Prem maybe and hey all credit to recruitment and Thomas Frank and being a well-run club and all that but um yeah fair play to them yeah well yeah because like Thomas Frank didn't really get much of a look in 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 the manager of the year shout like there were very few people even mentioning his name and actually like I think the recruitment as well like they it's not like they've made some big signings that have massively affected their their team like they've made a couple of good signings here and there but a a lot of the players are like quite low-key like obviously Tony and David Raya and you know, Bemo, but also, and like the also like Ben Mee. Rural. Ben Mee is like an excellent piece of business that you. At the time, I thought, "Oh, what are Brentford doing?" That's not. It didn't feel like a Brentford signing, but actually, it was. A typical Brentford signing because Brentford will be whatever they need to be to stay in a certain game. It seems like right, and and whether that's you know five at the back and you be resilient and you wait for your chances and you hit teams on the break, they'll do that. And they'll do it very well. If they're going to be a bit more attacking and throw more players forwards, then, you know, they can do that too. But, like, Ben Mee felt like a signing where I thought, why are they just, like, why why are they picking him up? Like, yeah, okay, decent centre-back. He's been around the league for a bit of time now, but always in, like, quite a rigid Burnley 4-4-2 shape. And, and he's never sort of got all the plaudits anyway in, in that side. There was always sort of a Tarkovsky next to him who went for bigger money. Then there was like a Michael Keane, maybe even before that, I'm not sure, who went for sort of big money. And it was always kind of like, you know, that that was a very good piece of business that went, for myself anyway, under the radar as just like a, eh, that's not, that's not going to do much for them. But actually, uh, yeah, I think, I think you can often fall into a trap of thinking that a team is fun because of of the way they play. Or I don't. No, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. To be honest, there. <laughs> we'll move on. Uh, but yeah, like a lot of Brentford's players were in the championship. Like I think most of their eleven was championship players as well. Was was what I was trying to get across. Yeah, yeah. Tenth. Yeah, we've got Fulham, which we both did quite badly on because we put Fulham as seventeenth. So we said they would stay up, but only just. Uh, Fulham are a really interesting one because obviously to come 10th is the 10th like after coming up from the championship is such a brilliant achievement from them and Marcus Silva's done really well but at the same time like a lot of the underlying numbers have been uh, quite poor for Fulham so um, they'll be like a really interesting one to watch next season if they can like I guess improve the underlying numbers. Yeah also the, uh, the Metro ban you know that played... It did completely kill their season. Um, it was already coming to... It was sort of petering out their season anyway, I would say, because they were safe, but they weren't going to kick on. Um, but they were very safe very early, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, very very good season for them. Very good season. Um, and, I mean, Mitro will stay, and hopefully he'll be there for the whole year next year without any any bans and things like that, and, and we'll see. We'll see if the underlying numbers pick up and sort of meet this season's performance levels or if it goes the other way and they stay where they are and actually they struggle quite a bit more. Tough one for our predictions. and uh, But yeah, because I don't know like how much the fact that they were safe pretty early on, like they were so high up so early meant that there was a little bit of a motivation drop maybe that that explains some of the underlying numbers. It's kind of really hard to judge, isn't it? And they've signed, I think they've signed Luis Ocampos. He's like a winger attacker kind of kind of thing. It's Polinia staying. It might not be confirmed, well. actually. But yeah, it seems like it seems like Polinia could be staying too. It, seems, it all seems pretty positive over there. So in 11th, we've got Crystal Palace. Toby, you predicted them as 11th. I predicted them to come 11th. Because it's Crystal Palace and they always come 11th. They did sort of claw it back to 11th, didn't they? They did. It's because Roy Hodgson, it's, it's the spirit of that boring mid-table has returned. <laughs> Lives on. Uh, I mean, like, what can, you, what can you say about Palace coming 11th? It's like, we predicted it, like, but it's obvious. It's so obvious. They always do it. They're always not top half, but like, nearly... Yeah, I mean, I I know where I'm putting Liverpool next year. I know where I'm putting Luton next year. 
I also know where I'm putting Crystal Palace next year. It's, it's either 11th or 12th. But at the same time, it's, it's Roy Hodgson. He looks like he's going to do another year. One more year. It's always one more Is year. Is that a good thing? I don't know. I don't know. I think quit while you're ahead and let the team grow and move on. And then if you've got to come back towards the end, do that again. Rather than, you know, live long enough to see yourself become the villain and and and, and maybe have a poor start to what's going to be a very difficult campaign anyway. I just think... Let the, cu- let the club keep trying to get a progressive attacking manager in and struggling and keep coming back to f- to save it, maybe. Why not? Yeah. It's the uh, the Hanks effect. Was it him? Was Hanks the guy at Bayern that they always used to bring in as caretaker? Hiddink at Chelsea, wasn't it? Gus Hiddink. Yeah, Gus Hiddink. What a link to Chelsea. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, so Chelsea were in 12th. We didn't predict this. We didn't predict Chelsea in 12th. How did they end up twelfth? If you told me Frank Lampard had been there, it was going to be was going to the season was going to end with Chelsea having Frank Lampard. I'd have I'd have pushed them down a lot, but uh, I didn't know that, so I put them fifth. Yeah, I think didn't uh, didn't Tuchel end up having the best points per game or something? Like it it was quite close between him and Potter. Well, I remember at one point with about two games left, everyone was sort of saying, "Hang on, Tuchel's like." One of his wins, or the points that he got, has like kept them up, basically. Yeah. So you predicted Chelsea to come fifth. I predicted them to come fourth. I mean, it was a big transfer window for Chelsea, which we we've spoken about and said that even in January we liked a lot of the signings that they've made, um, like young players that seem like they could work if used correctly. But it's a little bit like they've just got so many players, I guess that not really finding the right manager uh, in Frank Lampard, definitely, and maybe Graham Potter. It was just a season of change and nothing nothing was like, nothing was normal about it. So uh, it was just hard to, it was just hard to call, wasn't it? I wonder if anyone like ever, ever predicted Jay was coming in 12th. Like someone out there has done the whole table like we've done. They're like, yeah, I hate Chelsea. They're going to finish below Crystal Palace? Probably not. I'm just assuming that everyone has put Palace in 11th, by the way. Uh, (laughs) As they should. Okay, so uh, in 13th we had Wolves. Um, You predicted Wolves in 10th. I was a bit too keen on Wolves and put them in 8th. I don't know why I put Wolves ahead of Villa. Maybe maybe it was the Gerrard effect. I I really liked Wolves, the Wolves squad at the start of the season. And I I liked Bruno Large. I I thought he was quite good, but... Yeah, he was good like last yeah, year. Yeah, everyone really, sort of hated he, him. He seems cool this year. I like I like his face. They were bottom for a while. <laughs> I yeah, I don't mind his face either. They were bottom for for quite a while, I think as well. Yeah, they're bottom at Christmas. Yeah, right? it was it was it really was a bad a bad season. Lopetegui did a fantastic job uh, to drag him back up to thirteenth, but um, I mean from from this point on, thirteenth down. They were all in a relegation scrap with about two weeks to go, weren't they? So a lot of these could have finished anywhere within these next sort of, well, these next few spaces. I I think it would be a disappointing season for Wolves. I mean, obviously, in the end, it's positive to get Lopetegui and to come 13th. I think they'll be optimistic for next season. uh, Well, there's talks. Assuming Lopetegui stays. Yeah, there's talks that he might go because of financial issues and they can't back him the way they promised You'd hope that the Ruben Neves sale is uh, is helpful. True, that should sort the situation out. though. But then he's um, got to be replaced. But yeah, I, that's true. But I I, th- I th- just think Wolves had a good squad at the start of the season, and it's weird because like everyone had Ped- uh, Pedro Neto in their fantasy team at the start of the season. Like he seemed such a great prospect. Arsenal were linked with him at that time. Um, you got the Neves Martinho midfield uh, you know they brought in Craig Dawson who was a great signing but like Nathan Collins was someone I thought would be really good yeah and you put the, him along with Max Kilman who's a good who's a good centre back um, exactly and like Aitnuri and Bueno that's like good options at left back um, they, they just feel like they should be better than they are like obviously they brought in a lot of Portuguese players like uh, it's uh, it's Mateus Nunes, I really liked at the start of the season, didn't kick on, brought in Sarabia. Like, the, these these all feel like they should be good, and it's just not really clicked for, for Wolves yeah. yet. Cunha as well, good, good, yeah, good player. Yeah. 
sort of looked at a lot across Europe. But um, yeah, I mean, to think that Palace, if we if we put Palace as the benchmarker in eleventh, you know, you'd like to think that. And Palace are a fun team with with you know, well, fun team. They they've got good good players, but it feels like Wolves just have more across the board of them in a whole host of positions, and yet it just things didn't click until Lopetegui came in. Um, and sorted things out, but the damage was sort of done in terms of finishing higher up the table. They're, they're pretty lucky to have finished as the best of that bad bunch, I'd say. Big big season next time. It will also be a big season uh, for West Ham, who will be in the Europe... Yeah, uh, your, yeah, sorry, what league do they go into? They go into the Europa League. They've won the, the Conference League. league. They've won the Europa, the UEFA, the Europa Conference League. They go into the Europa. They go in the Europa League. I, I was going to say that, and I was like, that sounds too good to be true. But they don't want the same team winning it every year, like Sevilla. Yeah, and it's the, the idea Europa of Europa League winner goes into Champions League, Europa Conference League goes into Europa League, Europa Conference Conference goes into the Europa Conference, the Europa Conference yes. Conference Conference goes into the Europa Conference Conference, and so on. That will happen one day. One day it will, yeah, like, I think uh, it will. They'll just call it different things. There'll the, be like, uh, you know, Hearts versus, uh, I don't know, Troms. Everton. Frank Lampard's oh, Everton. Everton. yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so West Ham are in 14th. I predicted them in 13th. You predicted them in 8th. A lot of people were predicting West Ham uh, top Who half. finishes like two places below Ruben Kazan? Uh off the top of my head that's basically what the Europa Conference 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 League will be it'll be Everton playing like whoever finishes below Ruben Kazan <laughs> do Anzi Makakakala still exist I think they've they I think they've got great? some issues <laughs> I think they've got some big issues ah okay after their after their splurge of cash yeah I don't know a lot about the Russian League actually it's not really like the time to start watching the Russian league either, is it? I don't really want to like get into it and be like, "Oh, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big fan of." Um... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yes. uh... um, hang on, hang on, hang on. League NA. That's what I like to see dissolved. Twenty twenty one. Ah yes. So no one's below Ruben Kazan. <laughs> well, let's. Uh... I don't think it's Ruben Kazan or Angie, and that's it. What a Wikipedia page this is. Uh, okay. You could have picked a better league. I didn't think it would start with due to the dissolution of the Soviet Union the club entered zone 1 of the Russian second division in 1992 and finished in fifth place. Uh, I guess so. Kazan Kazan's in like I think Kazan is in a weird part of Russia is it? Is it like part near like Armenia? Is it? Have I got is that true? I don't know. Is it quite like is it by Kazakhstan because it's called Kazan? I don't know about that. Should we talk about uh, the Premier <laughs> yeah, League? Yeah, I think that'd be nice. Uh, because um, everyone was predicting West Ham to finish in top half. I was uh, I was quite happy that I predicted them not to yeah, do that. Yeah, but, but, but I'm putting uh, asterisks next to this because they finished. They went deep into Europe and won, and, and won it. If they don't have the Europa Conference League, I reckon they at least finish, you know, above, above like Crystal Palace. I reckon they finished 10th. I don't think they do. Because last season, well, you've just signed uh, the captain for a hundred mil. He's he's the good player. He's the only. No, good he's one. not. He's um, not. Uh, I I followed the fantasy Premier Leagues a lot, and uh, there was a big drop off in West Ham last uh, last season. And actually, West Ham's numbers have dropped off a lot since uh, since post pandemic. Um, during the no crowd time, they were performing really well. Antonio was doing great. Since pandemic, not so great. Antonio has like dropped off a lot as well. Not really been able to integrate Skamaka at all. I don't know. I they they did make the good signing of uh, Lucas Paquetar, and obviously Rice has done really well this season. I I don't think West Ham are a great team. West Ham will be happy with this season anyway, won't they? I think the the winner the uh, the Europa Conference League we said last week is like really. It's like a really great moment for them. It's it's fun and it's expiring. It, it, expiring, inspiring. <laughs> and it will expire next yeah. year if they get relegated. But it was inspiring nonetheless. Unless they 
There's always the Europa League. You, you never know. Yeah, so uh, maybe they'll have, be, have be getting relegated but winning the Europa League. I think they would want to do better than 14th in the league, though. Uh, but hey, I, I was really smart and I knew this would happen. So I'm going to predict it again next year and then... Uh, and then you would like blame it on the Europa League or something. So yeah, when when I could just factor in the Europa League, but instead I'll just blame it on the Europa League that we knew about at the time. But you know, I actually wrote on the plan to have a rant about this actually because I, I hate it when people just bring up Europe all the time. It's like oh, this team's going to have European games. I don't care. Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Fif- That's just because you're an Arsenal uh, is, fan. Well, they hear it all the time. It's like ah, oh, you're in the Europa League this year. You're going to be tired. We we weren't. Oh, you're in the Champions League next year. You're gonna to have to play all the good players. You'll be tired, and it's like, whatever, whatever. Just you wait, mate. It's Just boring. you wait, mate. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna meet you in a in a bar somewhere, right? And I'm just gonna look at you and just slowly nod with my arms folded, knowingly, when you're languishing down in twelfth place, struggling. Uh, with your trips to bloody Ruben Kazan or whatever, right? And or Ludigorets and um, uh, with Champions League, cool. yeah. But Ludigorets, we played them in the Champions League ages ago, in the Brendan Rodgers days, and Ruben Kazan to be fair. Uh, in, in in the Özil days, great Özil goal against Ludigorets, by the way. But but uh, but yeah yeah, it's a great goal. But anyway anyway, I would nod. I'll be just nodding at you knowingly, slowly, knowingly, arms folded. And uh, funnily enough, Tonali will also be getting slaughtered in the press for not tracking, not 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 being useful in the uh, on the counter attack defensively. The defensive transition will be exposed, and I'll just say, and I'll say it's okay, Sam. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to tell me I was right. It's okay. That's- Let's go to an Arsenal pub and, and we can do this. Okay, sounds good. 15th. Uh, okay. Bournemouth came in 15th. I mean, Gary O'Neill has kind of exceeded expectations because Scott Parker was like, this team is terrible. No one here is good enough to be in the Premier League. We're going to get relegated. Hey, I, I, just, I just put him where he said. <laughs> yeah. You didn't put them bottom, <laughs> but you did put them 19th. Uh, and I put them in 18th. Uh, the manager says no we're getting reason. we're getting relegated. I put them in the relegation zone. I'm a simple man. I'd had a few drinks at this point. Their manager's saying so. Of course I'll do it. And it's like their their squad just like screamed championship at that point as well, didn't it? Absolutely. It was like a school register. In what way? Smiths. You know, nothing exotic. Just a. You got your Smiths. You've got your Cooks. You've got your... Um, who's the big striker? Noon or something? Solanke. Well, not... No, more, that's a bit Keeper Moore. Moore, yeah. You've got Moore, Cook, Smith. You know? I'm not having it. And then the they ended guys, up with Neto. Uh, Watara. Watara. You know? Now they're staying up. Yeah, Okay. But they are going to miss Jeff- okay. although Jefferson Lerma to uh, Crystal Palace on a free is sensational business. Anyway, onwards. They are oh, no, not onwards. Sorry, not onwards. I'm a big L- Lerma head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, I I liked Lerma when he was uh, doing stuff before. Because uh, wait, who's Jefferson Lerma? Was he was he the? Do they call him the B Tech Pog Pogba? Tech Pogba was he that guy? No, Mario Lamina. Mario Lamina was people. the Tech Pogba. Jefferson Lerma is a good is a good is a good sentiment. I like them both. Lamina's good as well. Uh, so yeah, Bournemouth uh, probably did better than they expected by a little bit. And the new manager has come in. Gary Neal got the boots. Uh, but you, you said this is smart business. Well, if you believe, if you believe the the Twitter tacticos, the Twitter nerds, yeah, he 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 did. He was doing very well at Rio Vallecano, I believe, with like a hybrid pressing and and all sorts of stuff. Look, they could just he could come in and be be hyped, and then they could get 
if it doesn't click, it's a it's a swift it's a swift uh, it's a baptism baptism of fire, right? And it can be a quick learning curve. But there's no there's no doubts that aggressive pressing structures have come into the league and done very well when you haven't maybe expected them to. Um, there's a Guardian article out at the minute called "Master of Organized Chaos." Um, the 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 Twitter nerds like him, so we'll see. We'll see. I think it's smart because I think I think I think it is a step up, and I think you need to thank Gary O'Neill for everything he's done, but you need to appreciate that. Uh, and you need to look. He'll probably get a job next year based off the back of what he's done here. Because all of the bottom six will sack their managers, if not the bottom eight, and with the job he did last year, he'll probably go in. And, he'll probably go and get a job, which will, which will be fine for him. But I don't blame Bournemouth for looking at it and trying to say, right, let's try and build from here. Now that we've stayed in, let's try and use it as a leg up and and grow further rather than just stay with Gary O'Neill. It's a shame because he deserves. He's done enough to deserve to stay. But I can understand. When I first saw it, I thought, huh. Has there been like a falling out? Has there been something like that? And then they get this guy in who Leeds really wanted and he turned them down because it was mid-season. He gets a whole pre-season to put his ideas across. We'll see. I'm not saying they're going to finish top 10 because it's so competitive. But if he does well, they could they could comfortably stay up and be a, a banana skin for a lot of teams. Trophy winning manager as well. Maybe, uh, maybe a trophy for Bournemouth. Hey, this year. Uh, sadly, they're not uh, in the Europa Conference League. But uh, if they were, no. sure. He won the Cypriot Super Cup in two thousand and eighteen with AEK Lanark. Well, if they were in the Cypriot Super Cup, I reckon they could win that. Big shout! Uh, I don't want. I don't want emails coming in from because uh, we've disrespected the the Cypriot Super Cup. Sixteenth. Yes. Uh, yes. Email us at. Our email address that doesn't exist yet. Sixteenth. <laughs> Nottingham Forest came in sixteenth. We put both uh, both of us put Nottingham Forest to come bottom. Obviously, they had to replace a lot of players that were on loan that got them up from the championship. So uh, it was just chaos, wasn't it? Do you remember? Yes, it was complete chaos. It was complete chaos. Um, fair play, Steve. Done fair play, right. Steve Cooper. Do you reckon they they can stay up next year? Oh, Steve Cooper. Uh, I think they'll stay up, but I think Steve Cooper's gonna have uh, a lot of walking on ice. I think, I think there's a lot of eagle eyeing on everything Steve Cooper does for some reason, and uh, I think there's gonna be some pressure on him. And it's kind of the same again, isn't it? I don't know. Like, is their squad ready to go for next year? Yes, probably. But I don't know. It's weird. There's just so many players, isn't it? Yeah, there? it just seems to just be. Constantly, a constant turnover of staff in the playing departments, and I don't really know how it yeah. works to be honest. But it's worked kind of just because of I don't know Morgan Gibbs White. Has he just made it all work? You're gonna have a, another year of Gibbs White where he's he's played a full season of the Prem and his and his you know his development's gonna come on for it. And you know what, Tywin Awani had had some moments where he looked like a real presence and handful and someone who was difficult to deal with, which I actually tipped from the start of the season, uh, kind of stupidly, purely because he came through the Liverpool youth system. Well, he was signed into the academy and then spent a few years there. Um, yes, well, the, those are two excellent, what do you say, staffs of the... Star, <laughs> staffs of what? Staffs of the player system or whatever. I think I said staff in the playing department. Oh yes, I loved Tyro Eddie. Which I might start calling all players. Oh no, I'm not a football player. I'm just a staff of the playing department. Yes, Morgan Gibbs White is my favourite staff in the playing department <laughs> at Nottingham Forest. Uh, they've got some good players, so maybe they'll come 16th again next year. Maybe they'll come 14th. In 17th, <laughs> we had Everton. Um, weird one, Everton, because they're they're obviously a big club, but they're a mess, aren't they? They're a big club, but they're not a very good club. So we both put Everton in 15th. We didn't think they would get relegated, even though they looked in a lot of trouble at the end. Sean Dyche saved them. Uh, pretty disappointing again, though, for Everton. Yeah, absolutely. I've not got too much to say on them. I just think, just maybe get a striker... I don't know. 
And when I say get a striker, don't go sign another Neil Morpé or something. Just get a striker. <laughs> and if you're not going to get a, a striker, striker, get some goal-scoring wingers. Just get someone who's going to put the put the ball in the net. I mean, they can't really spend much money, like as well, and then getting a new stadium. So either Sean Dyche will perform miracles, or it's not even miracles, is it? It's Everton. They're massive. Maybe, uh, but they can't be doing this forever. Can I think they, they might do it be. forever, though. Uh, they shouldn't be doing it forever, but I think they might be doing it forever. But they'll never go down. They'll always be... God, one place above, that is terrible, isn't it? Yeah, it really sorry, is. So, sorry to Everton, it's, it's a real mess. Uh, and then we're going on to the uh, the relegated teams now. Uh, we lost Leicester, quite sadly, but deservedly so. They were really bad. Uh you predicted Everton. Uh, sorry, you predicted Leicester to come ninth. I put Leicester in twelfth. Um, yeah, a bit of a stinker, but look, I didn't see it coming. So, I guess ninth was ambitious considering their windows and things. They hadn't been great, but I just trusted that they were kind of like steady enough to just keep keep being steady. Yeah, with a decent manager in Rogers and stuff, and I just thought they'd they they'd be uninspiring, but fine. But obviously, it was a disaster. They made a few signings already, though. Actually, they've uh, they brought in Connor Cody, and I think they, they there was another one that was like a bigger money move from a oh, is it Harry Winks? I think they've brought in Harry Winks. They're looking at Harry Winks. I don't know if it's confirmed yet. Yeah, it might. Yeah, it might have been done, but it's it's closing in. It's closing in. Um, which I think is pretty good business, to be honest. I've got a Harry Winks fact for you. Okay. Uh, Harry Winks has more England caps than the combined total of Ivan Tony, Aaron Ramsdale and Benjamin White. That's a salty Arsenal fact, that is. No, but there's Tony, so it's, it's not an Arsenal True, fact. Sorry, it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a balanced. good... Okay. It's... Do you see what I did? I, I put in <laughs> Tony there to make it so it's not about yeah, Arsenal. It's a balanced opinion. He's got 10 caps for England, which is crazy. He's also got more England caps than Mo Salah, uh, Bobby Firmino, and uh, Sadio Mane, and I know who I'd rather have. So, you know, yes, what a what a Leicester playing at. Uh, but yeah, I I thought my uh, prediction of Leicester coming in twelfth at the time when Leicester was struggling at the start of the season, I was like, oh, this is uh, I've been really smart here. I've put West Ham and Leicester in the bottom half. This is playing right into my hands. But yes, and then Leicester just never kept. Uh, they never got better. Basically, I was like, "Oh, they'll turn it around at some point." <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of how it went, didn't it? They kind of felt like everyone thought Leicester would would be fine. Well, yeah, but... they were taking absolute beatings as well. They didn't. They concede like the most, the most amount of goals or something. The first seven was was terrible. I think they conceded like twenty five in the first seven, and then the next seven, Danny Ward just kept like loads of clean sheets somehow. Like four or five, maybe. There's <laughs> loads. And that was the moment where it's like, ah, oh, Leicester could be fine here. And then it it didn't turn around. It's what, this happened my uh our football manager save, actually, with my team. Yeah, didn't it? yeah. We get, oh, Grenoble, they'll be fine. They were fine, though. Just about. They were fine, but not much not much better than fine. Back to the real football. Uh, Leeds came in 19th. Uh, I got this one right. That's an impressive uh, one, because their, their squad was good. It is a good squad, but uh, I'm a Rafinha head, big Rafinha head last season. I mean, all the season before the one that just finished. I, I watched quite a bit of Leeds, actually, and Rafinha is like, it's like watching Grealish at, uh, at Villa. Like, they're just so, like, transformative. And every time they get the ball, it's, like, exciting and, like, everything is going through them. And... Uh, it it was the Leeds defence that worried me and like that kind of is their problem. Like Melier didn't have a great season, like the centre backs aren't great. Junior Furpo, a left back, kind of bad. Um and so that was kind of what I was going on. As well as the the lack of a guy who's gone to Barca in your attacking kind of right. Yeah, I like channel. Nyonto, but um he's just too young and too raw to just be pulling up trees the, the, the trees that needed pulling up you can't just expect <laughs> yeah. him to do all of that he was just more of a flashes of like oh this guy's fun and the Jesse Marsh experiment just did not did not pay off did it it didn't 
But it might have done as well as a thing. It might have. It might have turned around. It wasn't a bad gamble to take. Bad. I don't think at the time. Like with hindsight, we could obviously say, "Oh, you know, they went down." But I don't think it was a bad gamble to take. It felt like a nice move at the time. Um. And Brendan Aronson was having moments earlier on in in this long this long old season where he was pretty exciting. People people were sort of getting a bit hyped around him, but yeah, N- not enough from t- from too many of that group. And Rodrigo had a good season. I thought he's really good, uh, but he was injured for quite a lot of it as well, which was a, a big miss because. And then and then Bamford obviously out as well, and also not a good striker. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, well, I like. I don't mind Bamford. How much Bamford did you watch last season? Well, well, how much was there to watch? He had. He had a lot of. He had a lot of games. How many games did he have? How many runs of games did he really have as well? Because I get that he might have been playing. Yeah, but I don't think he ever really got to put. I don't know. I think being injury hit for so long, it's going to be hard to then get up to speed and the amount of games that. It takes, and also while the team is being so terrible, I think there's a lot of factors in there. To I don't think you can just say Bamford bad. I think there's a lot of factors in there. Bamford. <laughs> he he had he had twenty eight league games. Okay, but how many of those are starts? Uh, okay, let me find out. And Are I'd you, like to know please? consecutive starts, and I'd like to know um, <laughs> no. But my point is, I think we as fans don't always appreciate that just because someone is now back, they're not going to be back and confident and comfortable and at anywhere near their peak. Luis Diaz was back for a decent amount of games towards the end of the season, well, a decent amount, like a handful of games, but and he wasn't hugely effective for us, to be perfectly honest. But I'm not going to just write him off because he had a long, he had a long injury and none of those games really, they all counted for sort of match fitness and rhythm. So, according to Transfermarkt, Bamford missed uh, three games to injury this okay. season. But there's a f- quite a few games. There's quite a few games where he wasn't in the squad for miscellaneous reasons. It must have still been injuries. Uh, it must have still been injuries. No, but it's like one game at a time where it's like he's not in the squad. But that's but that's like, that's what I mean though. It's rhythm, right? It is a little bit. He like at the end of the season, he had like uh, seven games, five and five starts in a row. And then, like, you know, there's one game that he missed at the start of that. And then before that, there's two starts as a run of five matches. So it's like he had he had, he had, had 12 matches where he missed one game at the end of the season. Okay. And but, then but I... he missed one game at the start of that. And then he had, like, another seven matches then. Like, it was just... Uh, he didn't have a lot of run of starts. Yeah, that, that is true. I'm, but I don't know how I'm not saying he's a world like, beater. Yeah, he was... I'm really not saying he's a world beater. But... I think he has shown that he can put in a decent goal-scoring record in, in the Prem already. And I think he can be a good striker for 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 for, an, for a team to play off. For example, if he was at Everton, but fit at Everton, I, I'm not... If, you, if Everton could know that they're signing a fit and healthy Bamford, I wouldn't say that's a bad signing. But it would be a bad signing because the reality is you're basically just signing another Dominic Calvert-Lewin, right? So, so, so it would be a bad signing. But, but if you had some sort of magical guarantee that he was of the number of starts he was going to hit, he would be a striker where you'd look at it and think, you know what, that's kind of needed. They're not going to pull in some huge name, but a Patrick Bamford adding into the sort of players that were already there could be, could be useful. Um, I don't think it's going to change a huge amount, but they probably wouldn't have been as far in the mess as they would have been. And I don't think Leeds would have been as, as far into the mess they would have been, maybe, if they had a match-fit, confident Patrick Bamford. I don't think Sean Dyche and uh, Bamford get on there, do they? Didn't, didn't Dyche evict Well, him? I think <laughs> what? Patrick Bamford went to a private school and Sean Dyche didn't. So I'm not saying that's why they fell, fell out, but I could I could maybe see that it could be a clash of personalities potentially the the yorkshire evening post describes it as a historic feud between the two <laughs> uh okay but i i think if if bamford went to everton i think they would get relegated even if bamford played 35 
matches. Okay, you might be right. You might be right. We'll never know because I don't think. I mean, how much would would he sell for Bamford? Uh they'd want like twenty mil, probably, wouldn't they? That's like what Bamford goes for these days. Yeah, I don't think they've got twenty mil ever today to blow on Bamford. <laughs> right, let's let we got to wrap this up soon. Southampton at the bottom. Uh, I put them at sixteenth. Toby, you put them as twelfth. It's not not great for anyone, really, is it? Not great for Southampton. <laughs> Definitely not great for Southampton. Not great for me in terms of the point scoring. But you know what? They had some fun signings if it was Football Manager. Yeah. But it's not Football Manager, so... Bella Cocha. Of, of those bottom three, who obviously we don't know signing. We don't know what's going to happen in the window. We don't know anything like that. But who, just as a hot take, who would you back most heavily to come straight back up? It's got to be Leicester, I think. Well, speaking of Leicester, confirmed in the last 20 minutes, Tottenham have signed James Madison for £40 million. Yes, I saw this. I think it's a good signing. I think it's a good signing, you know. I don't think... I think it's a very Spurs signing. But I think if they were to keep Harry Kane and you add sort of Madison to a Kane, Son, Kulisevsky, Richarlison, I'm not saying they all start together, but there's a nice kind of blend of attackers there. Um, I think it's quite a good signing. But I think also he's not going to... I don't know. I don't know. We we uh, Spurs are a bit of a mystery anyway with Ange Postecoglou and kind of what their what their aims are going to be and how easy it'll be for them to transition away from a Conte period into a sort of attacking four three three under Postecoglou. So it's going to be a tough one to call, but it does feel a little bit like there's kind of no pressure on it. But I'm I'm not a Spurs fan. Maybe maybe there's different opinions elsewhere. But for me, it kind of feels like it, it because of everything that happened last year. It feels like an easier season to approach than the season before, where everyone was saying they're dark horses for the title. They've had a great window, you know. Now there's a lot of speculation around what Kane's gonna do. And I think if he stays or goes, I don't think it matters at this point because they either get the money for Kane and, and reinvest it or they keep Kane for another year and, and, you know, he puts in great numbers for them. I don't think it really matters at this point whether he stays or goes because they're in a rebuild anyway. If, you could, if you're going to rebuild, now is the best time to sell him because... All, all the rumours are talking about buy-in bidding and it's if it's like uh, 80 to 100 million for him, like, I definitely accept that because... Uh, he's just going to go to another prem team in a year, if yeah, if you let him run out his contract, yeah, it, it's it's short minded. And then to... you have to prepare for life after Kane without eighty to hundred mil. Yeah, they're not in the Champions League. They're not going to win the league or anything like it. it, it if you get money like that, you just have to let him go. Uh, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And the fact that Bayern are even in for them is quite nice. In for him, it's nice because it, it takes him out of the prem. Um, but yeah, Madison's probably going to be an eight as well, isn't he? In Postacoglu system, which is uh, might see him a, a little bit further back. Although, well, he's kind of moved around a little bit at Leicester, hasn't he, as well? Sometimes in a ten. But I think also there'll be a lot of free-flowing attacking football going on for him to, you know, there's gonna, there should, I would imagine there'd be a lot of runners in behind, a lot of, you know, when he's on the ball, there is a lot of movement off him for him to look to create and also just good players for him to link up with and play off um, I could imagine a bit of a Son and Madison link up working nicely I like Kulisevsky I don't as a player or as a Spurs player just throw it out of there I like him as a guy he seems cool he seems, <laughs> okay, but he as seems a, quite but nice as a footballer uh, you don't rate him as a member of the Spurs <laughs> Staff of playing, like <laughs> I always forget what it is. Staff of playing department. I, uh, I think he's fine. I think he's totally fine. I think it's like when people are like, you know, Harvey Barnes should go to Real Madrid, Spurs, or like all the all those Real people Madrid. who say that Harvey Barnes should go to Real Madrid. <laughs> that is all, all my Twitter. <laughs> I can't escape it. Relegated. I can't escape it. It's bid after bid. And did you see on the Jude Bellingham announcement? Oh, he has gone to Real Madrid. Yeah, and all the comments were just saying, this isn't Harvey Barnes. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just needs that one more, like, uh, in-between club, and then 
and then, and then he'll be there. No, I think the opposite. I think I think putting Harvey Barnes in a in a bigger team is it would be a would be a mistake. Uh, I think like certain players work really well in certain systems, and I think Kulisevsky does a job for Tottenham well. Uh, but I don't think he is a player that can carry Tottenham. They did get him for about thirty mil though, which I think is pretty good business. Yeah, but that's like an Odegaard. Well, yeah, true. But the the market's just the market's just in bits, so it's hard to judge anything. The Odegaard transfer never gets brought up in ways like that, so I'm just a bit sorry. That's fair but, enough. That's uh, fair enough. I, was wasn't Kulisevsky getting like a was there? There must have been a loan fee as well, right? Because this Spurs always do this thing where like the loan fee is like a stupid amount of money as well, so. Oh, uh, right. okay. I don't I'll know do how it. much he really was because they with um uh, it wasn't this much but with Lacelso uh he had like a sixty million loan fee or something stupid like that oh, okay uh because it was like an obligation to buy uh so I'm not going to look it up I don't know what Klosevsky's fee actually is but something to something to think about right well I think we need to wrap it up there because my laptop will die if not um. And rather than get the charger, I think we just wrap it up. But uh, we do need to have a, a. I think we need to have another, another pod soon. To be honest, just just specifically for the rumor mill, Sam. There might be a lot of stuff confirmed. Uh, it seems like Arsenal will have two new players by then. Uh, I've seen some interesting leaked interviews of video interviews of a certain player, uh, which seems like it's going to happen. Looks pretty realistic. So I'm pretty confident. Okay, and we do need to discuss that astronomical fee at some point because I'd like to pick your brains about it okay so we'll do that next week this was our season review uh, just to give the final scores uh, I got a final score of 64 Toby got a final score of 92 so next year you'll be introduced as the resident football expert while I will be just a humble yes. member of the podcasting the staff of podcasting the the staff of the podcasting department okay yes okay I think that was a good time to end. Thank you, Toby. We'll we'll see you next time, whenever that is. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye-bye.